Near to where I live in Colorado was recently devastated by fire. Nearly two whole cities as part of the northern suburbs between Denver and Boulder, the cities of Louisville and Superior experienced massive loss and destruction, and so much of it unexpected and right at the end of the year. Hello everyone, this is Rev Brad, and you're listening to the Soccer Chaplains United podcast from the Touchline. During times like these, questions swirl. Where is God in this? Why couldn't the snow, which fell 24 hours later, have come a day earlier? Why did this happen? What good can come from it? For every question, there are thousands more. Over a thousand structures, most of them homes, were destroyed by the fire and thousands of people are displaced. So far, no deaths have been reported, thankfully, in the fire, but three people are missing and we continue to pray for them and for their families. And while there's been a tremendous outpouring of help, there's so much destruction that many people feel overwhelmed and really defeated. For many, it's starting over or starting again, and it seems impossible And all of this on the eve of a new year. Well, it's been a difficult few years, hasn't it? Well, I want you to stay tuned. When we come back, we're going to talk about blessing and blessing this year of 2022. Far post, almost made him in, and they have. He has the hat trick. The second in his career. The third of the night. The hat trick hero. Talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner. Goes towards the near post. And you're the angle, and what a goal! What a goal! When 2020 came to a close, many people that I know were thankful and hopeful that the year of 2021 would bring a fresh start and a return to life as normal. 2021 brought with it the lingering effects of COVID-19 and its family of variants. It brought continuing struggles for much of the world and the same sentiments were being expressed. Can't wait for 2021 to be over, and I hope that 2022 will be a turnaround year. And then fire. The momentary change of the calendar from December 31 to January 1st every year always seemed to bring a bit of fresh hope. Maybe this will be the year. Maybe this will be the time that we somehow end up on top or come out ahead. Maybe this year we'll get that raise or promotion. We'll see the birth of a child, grandchild. Maybe that special someone will say yes to our proposal or a million other things that are special and meaningful to each of us individually. Each year we express hopes. We set goals, we make resolutions, and each year we experience a myriad of disappointments, setbacks, and pain mixed in with moments of happiness and pleasure. Someone once remarked, what a world this would be if we could forget our troubles as easily as we forget our blessings. But the truth is that the trouble and pain we experience often seems to linger longer, hurt our hearts more deeply, and dull our senses more profoundly. For followers of Jesus, we ought to understand more completely Jesus' words to his disciples the night before his crucifixion. Jesus tells them, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That's in John 16.33. Well, a few hours later, we see the disciples not taking heart, but running and hiding. Running and hiding for their lives. Can we blame them? I would do the same. Maybe this is more pronounced for me as an American. I I think I've grown accustomed to certain privileges, protections, comforts. Minor inconveniences are translated as troubles, when in reality, more of it's just first world problems. 
While I've seen and walked alongside many who have experienced tremendous loss, I've not yet personally had those same experiences. But seeing people go through trial and difficulty and walking with many, I'm more and more convinced that we need to lean stronger into blessing the things that we can bless so that we might have strength to go through times of trouble. Let me say more on this. First, we need to kind of address an elephant in the room. I want to explain what it means to bless something. So by blessing, are we saying that we're going to recite some words or create this sort of magical formula or incantation so that we can get a sequence of events or we can get a result that we want to go our way? No, that's not what I mean. The Apostle John wrote to this effect in his letter that we today know as 1 John. John writes to expose some false teaching going on in the church and to help encourage some people struggling with their faith. Toward the end of his letter, he writes, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything in accordance with his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. That's in 1 John 5, 14 through 15. There's a key qualifier in there that the things that we ask, anything that we would bless, our prayers, our petitions to God, these really need to be in accordance with his will. These have to be in alignment with what, what God wants to see happen or what God knows is going to be for the best or, or work out to the end and purpose and design that he has planned. But how do we know what God's will is? How can we know that the thing that we are blessing or the thing that we're praying for or hoping for or the thing we're asking God for is actually what he wants? Can, can we even know that? For this answer, we need to look at the Apostle Paul. He says in his letter to Christians in Rome, he writes, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So we see that knowing and understanding God's will, it isn't the result of formal education. It doesn't come as a result from attending college or seminary or even church, though these things might help us. The result of being able to know and understand God's will is a result of a lifelong work of not living out the old way of doing things, but by being transformed by the renewing of our minds. There's, there's this point where when we decide to follow Christ, something in our life has to change. Paul's talking about here more than a growth mindset. This is about a spiritual transformation that affects our entire being, our entire selves. This two-part aspect, the non-conforming and the transformation, is, as I said, lifelong. And even for myself, being a Jesus follower, a Christian for many years, and a pastor and chaplain on top of that, I still struggle in understanding God's will. As I, and I know many others like me also struggle. I mean, what do we tell our kids when we're sitting around the table and we're trying to explain the damage and the things caused by this, this recent fire? Well, I don't think we can be trite and cliche in our words. People, good intentioned people, many of them even Christian people, will speak too quickly about God bringing good out of disaster. Or, or they'll tell people, look for the silver linings or, or something similar to that. But these words and the attempt to offer comfort really convey more of a disconnect because people have experienced something really painful, really devastating and traumatic. In these moments, I don't know that we represent God very well by some of the words that we offer, some of the things that we do and say. I know many times I've been too quick to try to comfort and console when the truth is 
I just need to sit with people in the midst of their pain, to hear them, to understand with them, to, to cry with them as they cry, to weep with them. Well, let's quickly review where I hope we're landing so far. First, praying to God, petitioning him or saying words of blessing need to be in alignment in accordance with his will. Secondly, how do we know his will? Well, really, it's through a lifetime of spiritual growth and change that we can better test and understand God's will for our lives and and things in this world. So another question I've wrestled with from time to time is this. On what authority do we offer words of blessing? I mean, other than me just saying words, on the basis of what power is anything I say in the form of prayer or blessing, how is that any, anything worthwhile? Well, first, let's remember how Jesus taught his followers to pray. He said, you know, when you're praying, some of the words you need to include include your will, God's will, the Father's will, be done on earth as it is in heaven. If, if you want to explore this more, see Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. It's commonly known as the Lord's Prayer, but it's really the way that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. And Jesus in this prayer is teaching us that we need to ask God's will be done. The Father's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We know that God's dominion is in heaven right now. We know there's a power struggle going on here on earth. And so as followers of Jesus, as as people who believe in God, who identify with him, we need to be praying that God's will would be done here on earth, in our lives, in our homes, in our communities, in our, in our nation, in our globe. You know, sometimes when I'm praying for something, and I'm unsure of what God's will is about that particular thing, I will pray, God, if this is your will. Or maybe I'll add, you know, God, in this, in this thing, your will be done. I, I hope for this, but may your will be done and your purposes prevail in this. Many times, standing over the bedside of a person who's been dying, I've, I've prayed for healing or for their restoration, but I've also prayed for God's will in it to happen. You know, Maybe God's desire isn't for this person to suffer any longer. Maybe God's appointed time for them uh, is today or tonight or in this hour, in this moment, or at a different point in time. Even in other things, like in moments praying before the start of a match, a football match, I've been afraid to ask God to give the team the victory because I know wins and losses mean income and jobs, contracts, and, and they affect other situations for people that are pretty important. But I know, too, that the results, the wins and losses, uh, I, I ask these things in accordance with God's will, not my own selfish desires. Finally here, the authority to offer words of blessing doesn't come from someplace within myself. No, the authority is based on Jesus. It's based on our relationship with him. When we see God instruct Moses that Aaron... Aaron was his brother and, and the head of the priesthood. He instructs Aaron and the priests when they're giving certain words of blessing in number 6, 22 through 27, we see the purpose is so that God's name will be on the people and he will bless them. So, so get this, it's in God's name that we give this blessing. It's, it's with his words that we bless people. This isn't of ourselves. Because truthfully, in and of ourselves, any pastor, priest, chaplain, we have no power. We have no authority. We might want a power grab. We might want to try to think that we have some power or authority because we're knowledgeable or, or we appear spiritual or holy. But the truth is, any words of blessing have to be based on God.
on his name and it's his power to bless. It's his blessing. Now, maybe you've heard that ironic blessing as it's called. It goes like this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So a proper understanding of blessing is critical. While we may be the vehicle or the conduit that God chooses to communicate through, it's actually God who does the blessing. It's his power. It's his authority from which we speak words. And this is something that needs to be taken very seriously. I don't care if you're a chaplain or a pastor or some other type of religious leader or even one of our modern day inspirational speakers. If someone toys around with words as if they're from God, but they're really just appropriating them to make themselves look good or to receive accolades or fame or something else, watch out. So one more review before we close. Words of blessing need to be in alignment with God's will. We know God's will in a lifetime of relationally being spiritually transformed. And words of blessing, the third thing, are centered and powered on God's authority, not on our own. Well, my friend, I hope this helps you to receive words of blessing, whether from me, from another friend, a chaplain, or pastor, no matter where you are in life or where you are in the game. And today in closing, I want to read an adapted version of Blessing for the Year. This comes from Irish teacher and poet John O'Donohue. This can be found in his book, To Bless the Space Between Us. As I read, I hope that you'll hear these words of blessing as a blessing over you and me for this next year of 2022. And I pray that God's will will be evident and that you and I will be continually transformed into Christ-likeness to know that by the power of God, we might realize his blessings for this next year of life. A blessing for the new year. On the day when the weight deadens on your shoulders and you stumble, may the clay dance to balance you. And when your eyes freeze behind the gray window and the ghost of loss gets into you, may a flock of colors, indigo, red, green, and azure blue, come to awaken in you a meadow of delight. When the canvas frays in the cura of thought and a stain of ocean blackens beneath you, May there come across the waters a path of yellow moonlight to bring you safely home. May the nourishment of the earth be yours. May the clarity of light be yours. May the fluency of the ocean be yours. May the protection of God Almighty be yours. And so may a slow wind work these words of his love around you, an invisible cloak to mind your life and a peace passing all understanding. Amen. Well, this is Rev. Brad with a blessing for this year of 2022, coming to you from the Touchline.